The church presents us, offers us today a reflection on the Holy Family. And I think it's important for us to really ponder the place of family in our lives. And really to think about what the church is holding up today for us to imitate. There's two extremes that I see that go on in our current culture. The first extreme are those who say that we as followers of Jesus should have nothing to do with Mary and Joseph, that, you know, we're worshiping false gods, blah, blah, blah. I mean, these are the same people, of course, who would have their own heroes. But for some reason, those heroes are all right, and I mean, the mother of God is not. It makes no sense to me. And so uh, to have that extreme, that Mary should not have a part of our life or we shouldn't reflect on her, or that she really is uh, a com- in competition with Jesus, uh, that's just uh, childish, really. The second extreme, just as bad, is people who would over-exalt Joseph and Mary, make them as if they float, that they're really not people. They're almost demigods that their life was a life of ease and comfort. And, you know, because, they were, because Mary was full of grace, she was never perplexed, challenged, never had a bad day. And again, that's just, that's not scriptural. Neither of those positions are scriptural. A simple moment of reflection on Jesus Christ himself would tell you the power of family. How is it that this God-made man is able to do what he did only because in the crucible of the family he learned virtue and he fleed from vice. It was within the family that he learned patience, gentleness, kindness. It would have been Mary and Joseph teaching him. They didn't have books. They didn't have smartphones. There was no Google to know the Psalms by heart so that when Jesus was walking the stations of the cross, he could cry out to God as King David did. Mary taught him these things. He didn't go to a Catholic school. There wasn't one available at the time. He wasn't sent away to some institution and told, you do it. They did it. And they modeled it. And that's the image that the church is holding up today, that you, the domestic church, are the first place where people, we, all of us, come to meet God, either in a positive or a negative light. When I see my dad fly off the handle as a child, and then I'm told to call God Father, that image is in there, even though that's not the father. It's really not my dad. He doesn't fly off the handle. When my mom smacks me in the face, which she did many times. You know, I think about Jesus getting lost, you know. Remember when they lost him? Do you remember that or not? Yeah. How many times my mom tried to lose me? I mean, Joseph and Mary were, you know, extremely frustrated and nervous that they lost the child. They're running all over. Did you find them? My parents were in the car. Let's go quick before someone notices. This is family life. And this has an impact on us, which is why family is so important, which is why the church is holding it up today to say, look, you better stop and think about what you're doing. 
Because we are not just dirt. There is a soul that will live forever. In the family, not some institution, not some pastor, it's the family that is going to determine primarily, primarily, there's always exceptions, but for the most part, it's the family that is going to set the course for heaven or the alternative. We know statistically those who pray together stay together. All the statistics in Catholic uh, life show us that those parents who go to confession, children go to confession. Those parents who have an extreme understanding of the true presence of Jesus Christ and know that if they themselves are not in the state of grace, they should refrain from receiving communion, the children will do the same. Those who spend time in the Adoration Chapel believing that Jesus Christ is truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity, that this isn't just a, a, a ritual thing that we do, but this is something very real. This is God's actual presence in our midst. People who do that, children more often than not, will follow. Now, there's always exceptions. Of course, we have free will, right? Of course. But we have to give our children a fighting chance. To just think that it works by osmosis, again, a foolish thought. Faith is so difficult. It's not like anything else. Jesus himself points out that it is intention that makes the difference. When he says, pick up your cross daily and follow me, that's a choice that you and I are now invited to make. Do we want to follow him? If we do, it entails a cross that we pick up daily, or we don't. To simply say we can follow Jesus and yet pick and choose what we're going to do according to what he's taught us, again, a foolish position. Intention is everything. You know, family life, natural, in the natural order, we don't have a choice. I didn't choose my siblings. I wouldn't have chosen them. <laughs> and they wouldn't have chosen me. But to choose the church, to choose the family of God, that's up to us. That is a choice we make. Remember the crowd that cried out, blessed is the womb that bore you and the, the breast that nursed you. And Jesus said, no, no, blessed is the one who does the will of my father. That person is a brother, a mother, a sister to me. Jesus is reinventing family life, not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So it is all about our intention. And so when we consider today the, what the church is holding up, what is it that makes a holy family? Is it just because Jesus, or God, chose Mary to be the mother of Jesus? Yes and no. Is it just because Joseph was called in to be the guardian of the second person of the Blessed Trinity in the flesh? Yes and no. Because... You are called to the same thing. You who have children were called to the same thing. It may not be Jesus, literally Jesus, but you were called to bear Christ. Your child is a Christian. A small C, Christ, called to be the light to the world. 
a light and darkness. How are they going to do that if we don't teach them? If we don't model that for them, if we don't form them? It doesn't mean that we do everything right. If we think that for a minute, again, we've missed the Scriptures. Our Gospel today just told us that as Anna and Simeon were talking, Joseph and Mary were amazed at what was being said. Now, you would think that after an angel appears to you and says, hey, you're going to be a mother and a virgin, that you would get it, right? But we're all in here, and we're being told the same thing, and half the time, we don't get it. So I think the human condition is the same. That the brokenness that comes with a fallen world is part of all of our life. The question is not, will we be broken? Will we make mistakes? That's not the question. The question is, what will we do with the challenges, with the perplexions, with the, the confusion, the brokenness, the pain? What will we do with the cross? Will we reject it, or will we give it back to God? And I think that's what makes the Holy Family. When, when Joseph was told that, you know, uh, Herod was out to get his child, you know, what would have been your response if, if someone came and told you that? Someone's after your kid and they're going to kill him. Oh, don't be such a fool. Would that be your response? Oh, you're an alarmist. Conspiracy theorist. What a great burden to be put on Joseph. What did, what did Joseph do? He went to God. And God told him what to do. Through the angel, flee. Grab your kid and your wife and get out of Dodge. Nazareth, wherever you were. Go to Egypt. Don't stay here. Don't just sit there and watch it happen. So we need to reflect today on how we deal those who are in pursuit of our children. Maybe not in the same way. Maybe, you know, there isn't some king sitting there that's threatened by your, your son or your daughter, but perhaps it's the internet. Perhaps it's the inability to go out and have fun, just simple, innocent, playing on a playground and being a child. That someone is stealing it from them. Someone is killing their little spirit. You know, it's... A, I just love it, first confessions. The, the kids are so excited. They can't wait to come and say they're sorry. <laughs> What's wrong with them, right? <laughs> we as adults know that's stupid. And then they get home and their parents just squish the life out of them because they say, can we go to confession again? No, you did it once. And I think, you're Herod. Don't do that. Let the kid grow. Let them be apologetic. Let them recognize, develop their conscience. This is what makes a holy family. So that as quick as they realize they've made a mistake, they're just as quick to say they're sorry. What a world we'd be in if everyone did that. Can you imagine? I don't think we'd have so many wars going on right now if people were quick to just say, I'm sorry. I overstepped the bounds. I intruded. I was greedy. I, whatever. So the church is holding up today a, a, a family that had their struggles. 
Go through the genealogy of Jesus. He didn't drop out of a cloud. He came from a horrible family line. Prostitutes, Gentiles, Jews, mixed. <laughs> uh, it's not a pretty picture. But that's what God wanted him to do. So that he could experience what you and I experience. So you and I could not have an excuse. Well, he is the second person of the Blessed Trinity after all. God gave him a free pass. No, no, no. No, maybe in some ways made it harder. And so we think about, you know, Mary and Joseph and the challenges that they faced of being a virgin. I mean, go home. You know, th imagine a kid at school saying, hey, my mom's a virgin. <laughs> you think that kid would be mocked? I think so. Oh, lock him up. These are challenges that I don't think we often think about. When we think of the Holy Family, we just think, yeah, Mary and Joseph, they raised the kid. And then he became God. No, he always was God. And because of that, he didn't have a free pass because he was truly human, along with truly God. And in like manner, smaller degree, of course, smaller degree, you and I are the same by virtue of baptism. Grace is given to us. God wants us to succeed. Matter of fact, God wants us to succeed more than we want to succeed. All we have to do is continue to bring it to him, to let him be part of the process, part of the dilemma, part of the celebration, part of the joy, part of the trials, part of the confusion, part of being a refugee, part of being alienated, part of being mocked. God wants to be involved in that. If there's a heart that's open, God will take it. It's up to you and I to open the heart. So as we go through our week this week, let's think about family life and our role in family life. Not just our own biological family, but you know, we're, we're celebrating our 75th year as a parish family this year. I think it'd be very good for us to rethink what parish means as individuals, not to the group. Oh, the group will take care of the whatever needs to be done. No, me. This is my family. You are my family, like it or not. We are family, and we are God's family. And he has called us to a very specific work in this very specific time period, 2024. He's calling us to be different. He's calling us to be holy.